0: What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamal OK K. Davis here with you. We're gonna talk about the World Cup that was, maybe the greatest ever. The National Football League. As we get closer and closer to the end of the season and the playoffs, we are almost there. We are almost there. And I'm here for it. As we have another what three weeks left to the season we'll talk about that the National Basketball Association I got the opportunity to go to my first NBA game in a long time and I I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it I did and we'll also talk about as we continue on the NBA there is report of a new owner and we will talk a little bit about the Masters. That's right, I'm talking golf in December. Yeah, some big news. Some big news that I, I've i got a serious opinion about. But what, what don't I have an opinion about, right? But first we are going to talk about the World Cup. And the final... I was torn. I don't know if you were torn. You probably weren't. But um, I was partially pulling for Messi. Um, I actually met him in the Argentina team when they came to a Wizards game. And that was the craziest experience ever. And I will never forget that security downplayed the fact that uh, Argentina was coming to a Wizards game at Capital One Arena. Capital One Arena. And they were not prepared for the amount of people that just went crazy for Argentina. And they literally had to empty out the entire arena. You can imagine emptying out the arena on the inside. Nobody could sit in the seats. They had a security guard at each vom, as you call it, so nobody could get into the bowl. And the Argentinian soccer team had to climb out of the suite, over the glass, and into seats. Because they just could not control the crowd, as expected. But it was truly special. Shout out to Rob. He knows who he is. Who asked me, uh, before the team got there, he said, Look, Jamoke, obviously I'm going to be busy with the game. I really would like for you to present a, Mess- a Wizards jersey with Messi's name and number on it to Messi. And I actually was able to do that. And I have a picture of it that I will never forget. And I often don't sit back and think about how crazy it was that I actually didn't just meet Messi, didn't just see him walking by. I literally handed him a Wizards jersey and I said, this is for you on behalf of the Washington Wizards. And he said, thank you. He signed a basketball. Um, I did not get anything autographed, but I felt like that wasn't my place but I have a picture that I know um, what I did. And then, of course, you know, being able to follow the entire team down to the practice court and watch them try to play basketball and Messi. And I'm not sure who it is. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Sergio Aguera or Di Maria was like they were dribbling, juggling the basketball with their feet. Uh, Otto Porter was just in awe. He loved soccer and just couldn't believe that that team was here. And then they took pictures with everybody. I mean, it was just a great night. But I digress. I also was rooting for France. Um, to make history, to go back to back. I mean, every time that Argentina... I mean, Argentina to be up 2-0, Mbappe put France on his shoulders. Two goals in what, like two minutes? And then in overtime, Argentina goes back up 3-2 and then Mbappe scores again... I mean, it was epic. And to come down to penalty kicks, that's got to be tough. But for Mbappe, he's won one already. So that was also like everyone was saying, well, is Messi the GOAT? I think it's tough to call him the GOAT. I think it's tough to call him the GOAT because you have to think of Pele, who won three World Cups. But as my brother likes to point out, he never played in the EPL. And that's a thing. I think it's fair to call that a thing. But I also think for as much as they don't necessarily want to give credit to Cristiano Ronaldo, he will, in my mind, I mean, I guess he can still play another year for Portugal. I doubt it after the controversy of what happened, but I don't see him ever winning a World Cup. Portugal will not win a World Cup. So Ronaldo will not win a World Cup. And now Messi has that. But Ronaldo has scored more goals in world and international competitions than Messi. By a significant margin, I might add. Cristiano Ronaldo, all-time goals for club and country, 819. Messi has 790. And that was during the Netherlands-Argentina game. So I guess now he has six more. So 796, if I have that number right. But then, as I mentioned in the last pod, there's this guy in between named... Joseph Bakan, never heard of him. You probably never heard of him. And he sits in between both of them with 805 goals. So, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where you can call him the greatest of all time. um, And I'm okay with that. I am if you want to call Messi the greatest of all time because Pele does not come anywhere near the records of goals scored. Um, And if I remember correctly, Messi has won at every single level, every level, every level. But the match broke a television viewership record in the U.S., 15.6 million viewers, the most ever on Fox. 16,783,000 16,783,000 was the final tally? I mean, all of these records that it keeps beating, because that 15 million was uh, United States versus England. 16, almost 17 million viewers. And the crazy thing that I don't understand, and I... Can't figure out is I was in a hotel room in Los Angeles, California, hanging out with some friends and I'm in my hotel room and I see on the menu that it says FIFA. No FIFA was on. It was a nature show on Friday, Friday, no, Saturday. Saturday morning, I'm like, wait a minute. This is supposed to be Croatia, Morocco. And I said, well, maybe they didn't want to sell Croatia, Morocco. So I go to this awesome Waffles place. And Waffles is really good. Really good. Um, and the game was on, so I watched it there. Then I wake up Sunday morning, and it's the exact same thing. The game is not on the hotel. There's a Fox station. There's an FS1 station. And it just simply is not showing the game. And I could not... Figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Now, did this World Cup viewership in America beat NFL? No. Maybe it will someday. But you need USA to be up there. It needs to be up there and competing in the final or at least semifinal to maybe get those numbers. But it was an epic match, and I wish it didn't come down to penalty kicks. You know, some may like that a little a little more. Um, I do not, and I really do wish that. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I wish it ended in regulation. I mean, I get overtime, but then when it goes to penalty kicks, I don't like that in um, hockey either. Not that I don't even know if they do it anymore. I think they still do that, which is a shame. I shouldn't know that, but I don't know that. But, you know, they call it the beautiful game. And there are times that I kind of feel like I make fun of that. That I'm like, well, I mean, the score was one nothing. What's beautiful? Because they just, the way they're dribbling and kicking, but you want to see scores. Maybe it's, you know, the American in me. Um, But I really thought that this was a great game. And although I wasn't in the same city with my son, one of my sons who is into soccer, my wife shared video of him as he jumped for joy when Messi scored the first goal and then was running around the house screaming when Argentina won. Now he wants a Messi jersey, but then of course he said he wants a Pulisic jersey, and a Mbappe jersey, and a Ronaldo jersey. So, I don't know. But it was good to see him enjoying it. But here's the funny thing. My dad and brothers and I were talking about going to an EPL game, and I sent them a text the other day, and I said, you know what? I think maybe we should go to a PSG game. You know, maybe in April, we'll go to Paris. Maybe that's what we want to do. Champions League starts in March. Um, I don't even know where Champions League is, but I was thinking maybe in April, we'll go to a PSG game in Paris. See what those prices are like for plane tickets. Why do I want to go to a PSG game? Why should you want to go to a PSG game? Well, let me tell you a little something of who's on that team. Don't remember his name, but the defender from Morocco's on that team. Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe are all on the same team. I mean, you can't beat that, right? You can't. I mean that you it can't get more exciting than that to go to a game and see all three of them together. That's my feeling. That's what makes me say okay, uh yeah. It's it might just be worth it. It might just be worth it to go to a PSG game. So we're going to think about it. We're going to think about it and hopefully we will and maybe if you were really into soccer you might think of it as well because I mean you can see all three of them I mean come on you gotta want to do that you gotta want to do that and so that's what we're gonna do and we're going to try our best to uh, make it happen, make it happen. Oh, and, and of course, of course, you know, after the fact, you find out that, uh, yeah, no one was going to allow them to have a parade for the Argentina World Cup champs. There were way too many people. I mean, you saw the reaction of fans right after the game. And so while they tried to put the players on buses, they ended up having to put them on helicopters to get away from the crowd. And I understand the excitement, I do. The crazy thing is on my flight home, I was just started talking to someone. Um, and come to find out she's from the same hometown as Messi. She's like, oh, yeah, I knew Messi as a kid. He used to sign jerseys for me before he became really big, and my cousins and family. And so that was pretty, that was, it was just surreal to talk to her about, you know, what was Messi like. You know, she's like, I don't know, I guess he was just normal. But, you know, then all of a sudden he got bigger and bigger and, you know, had to move away. He had to move away. Um, but to find out that the bus could not go any further in the parade and they had to get helicopters to airlift the players away from the crowd. You know, I mean, yeah, I remember when the Caps won and they had the parade, but everyone was orderly. And it just simply wasn't orderly. And I can only imagine the excitement that you have for a team. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. What wasn't cool as I talk about the National Football League and what was week 14 is that Washington lost. Every week I want them to win, but. For some reason, they just literally seem to not be able to win. And when Washington needed a win, and I'm so, so, I really am. I'm tired of friends and family talking about, oh, yeah, Taylor Heineke, yep, he can do it. That's our guy. Let's ride with him. Right? Why? They scored 12 points yesterday. We know who Taylor Heineke is. He's going to be who he's going to be. There's a reason he was at Old Dominion. And the fact that as Washington fans, we're accepting this mediocrity. They're 7-6-1, and one, and we're acting like, oh, yeah, the future's bright. The future isn't bright. The future is definitely is not bright for Washington. Until you get a franchise quarterback, there's no shot. And I know it's like, oh, but it's Taylor Heineke such a great story? Okay, whatever. I don't want to hear, oh, remember Kurt Warner? They rescued him from a UPS or whatever. No, he's not Kurt Warner. Oh, but Tom Brady was a six-round pick. He's not Tom Brady. All right? What's going to happen is Washington's going to end up a 500 team and not be able to get a good quarterback. That's what's going to happen. And next year, it'll probably be the exact same thing when Caleb Williams is sitting right there. And a draft class in general is better this year as well, or as good as what next year's will be. And instead, Washington sits in last place. They're last place. And now the Giants have a tiebreaker over them as well. twelve points it's so it bothers me so much so much the number of people who are like oh yeah Taylor Heineke he can do it no he can't all right let's just stop he cannot After week fifteen in the NFL I've seen enough If he's healthy, I'd rather go back to Carson Wentz. If nothing else, maybe to make me feel a little bit better about us having to go with Taylor Heineke. But we need a franchise quarterback and and stop accepting this mediocrity. The other big game that I was really wowed by is... Is, has a direct correlation to the Washington Commanders. And that is the Minnesota Vikings. Down 33 to nothing at halftime, and they come back to win 39 to 36. Jeff Saturday needs to go back to coaching on Fridays. That was history-making. No team had ever come back from 33 points down. And I do like that, as Kirk Cousins would say. You like that? Yes. I like to see it. It was pretty epic. As much as I, you know, I haven't really been much of a Kirk Cousins fan. I feel like it was Washington's fault, not his. But they should have never signed or, excuse me, drafted him after they drafted RG3. It just destroyed any chance of RG3 uh, being a able to say he was the franchise guy. He was always looking over his shoulder. But to come back in, what, overtime and win it by a field goal, that's just, I don't know what they're doing in Indianapolis. And Jim Merce has to be thinking, yeah, that wasn't a smart move by me. It just wasn't. What also wasn't a smart move in the Vegas Patriots game Uh, the New England Patriots could have had a shot at winning the game. They were trying some laterals and ended up in the hands, a backwards pass ended up in the hands of a a Raider and he ran it back for a touchdown in regulation with no time on the clock. Raiders win 30-24. That was a wild game. A wild game. The most unexpected game for me was the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I'm happy. You know, I mean, uh, you never, if you're a Washington fan, you never want Dallas to do well. But I didn't expect them to lose to the Jaguars in overtime. That was really bizarre to me. That was really bizarre. But it happened. It happened. The Packers get the win over the Rams. I call it that. I call it that. Lastly. Lastly, the point that I want to make. Is. Is about Robert Sala, the Jets, head coach. And. his comment about us being in the instant coffee era okay okay while i don't 100% disagree with him that yes we instant gratification instant success instant success i get that I understand in the press conference, the coach has to kind of like talk up both players. Wilson has a bright future and that the critics are being too hard on them. But here's the quote, quote, the frustrating thing is that this kid is going to be a good quarterback, but the NFL in this new instant coffee world that we're in just doesn't want to give people time. So we look at him and he's just nitpicked with a fine tooth comb. But here's the thing. Who benched him? Wasn't the head coach? Wasn't the head coach that put Zach Wilson on the bench? For whatever reason, you want to talk about instant coffee era, instant success. I don't quite understand how you can bench him for whatever reason it is and go with Mike White. But then you say, oh, no, it's the media. It's, it's, it's the culture we live in. This instant coffee era. So maybe somebody behind the scenes was telling him. No way. They weren't telling him you had to play Mike White. So, just like you're saying, people, we're in this instant coffee world. Well, you are too, Coach Sala. And you also did not give Zach Wilson a long term shot. Maybe you want to say it wasn't a quick leash, but the bottom line is. You made a change at quarterback, too. And then when your quarterback gets hurt, then you want to do an about face and talk about, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson has a bright future. We just got to give him a chance. I think you're being fake. That's what I see. Unfortunately. I don't know if you see that, too, but I saw somebody being fake. And, of course, now you have to go with the reports came out that Zach Wilson will be the quarterback against the Jaguars, of course. Mike White's not healthy. I'm just really disappointed in in many ways in Coach Salah not remembering that he's kind of one of the reasons why this got started. This nitpicking on Zach Wilson. That's a thing. That really is a thing. Now, as I look at the rest of the games, I'm excited really as the race is. Coming down to the last three weeks. Uh, The Bills, well, we know they're going, but the Dolphins are heading in the wrong direction. I don't want to say the Patriots are heading in the right direction, but 7-7 is not bad. Bengals are 10-4. and four. They got a one-game lead on the Ravens. The Ravens need Lamar Jackson back bad. They really do. They really do. Amazingly, the Titans, as bad as they have been, Jaguars only a game back, but the Titans still are have a chance to win the AFC South. The Chiefs have clinched the AFC West as the Chargers have been a disappointment, and so are the Raiders and Broncos. In the NFC East, the Cowboys and Eagles will most likely both make the playoffs, but who knows what's going to happen to the Giants, and I'd almost eliminate the Washington Commanders. Vikings will make the playoffs, and maybe even the Detroit Lions. Quite possibly, the Detroit Lions could the tie that washington and the giants have could help them knock out a team like the lions because that tie will give them a little bit more percentage points in a 500 record although they may not have as many losses as another team in the end we'll see the nfc south definitely is not what we expected it to be the buccaneers are two games below 500 but they sit in first place a game ahead of the panthers of all teams and the Saints, and the Falcons. So that's going to be a tough and great division to watch down the stretch. Every game counts. And meanwhile, in the NFC West, the 49ers are running away with it. Seahawks are heading in the wrong direction, and the Cardinals and Rams have been eliminated. That is, so far, it's been the worst performance by a Super Bowl Bowl defending champs. I mean, it's been bad. The Rams have been bad. But things are heating up. Every, every, every game, I mean, every game matters, period. It's a short season, but now it's like, woo! it's getting to be fun. It really is. So I went to my first NBA game in a while, and that was fun. I went to the Clippers-Wizards game in L.A. And I I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I got to see some of my old colleagues, so that was fun, a little bit of a reunion. But I did miss the NBA. And to just be there and watch them play basketball was pretty cool. In many ways, I wish I was still on, on the baseline Uh, with a camera, or reporting on the sidelines, either one, either way to be close to the action. I do miss it. And it was fun to watch. I I don't recall if I'd ever seen Kawhi play, so that was neat to see. Obviously John Wall and Robert Covington I was excited to see them and got to say hello to Bradley Beal. Um, it was a good weekend. But I forget how much fun the, the a basketball game can be. I almost had a chance to see Lakers-Wizards too, but my flight to come home was earlier than I thought it would be, but it was the last chance I had to catch a flight to get home. So, unfortunately, I had to forego the opportunity to go to the game but the sad thing is I probably could have and maybe just went to halftime, but I was a little worried I wasn't going to make it back to the airport in time. So I guess I have to catch LeBron James against the Wizards some other time. And it's not, you know, I worked for the Wizards for a long time. So I had seen him since he was a rookie. So it's all good. It's all good. But I definitely enjoyed the game and um, it's, It's weird going as a fan. I think I have a hard time going to any game as a fan. I want to be down there in it. Um, And it's hard for me to just sit back and enjoy it. Even a baseball game. I go to a baseball game and I'm just like, man, I want to get a press pass. I want to be down there where the action is. And even though the Wizards aren't playing well, I know the grind that goes into an NBA season and I want them to succeed. And I feel like at this rate, you know, the Wizards may end up trading Bradley Beal. I mean, you're going to see more and more teams giving up early on the season. We know that. Why are they going to do that? Because you have a chance to get Victor Wimbanyama. Who doesn't want Victor Wimbanyama? So if you have that opportunity... Yeah, why not take it? And the Wizards are working their way there. The team with the worst record is in the East at eight and twenty-four. Charlotte is at eight and twenty-three. Chicago is eleven and eighteen. All of these teams are just like This is the one year where I don't think they mind losing. Even Toronto at 13 and 18. If I'm any of these teams, including the Wizards, unfortunately, or fortunately, I would not give up on the season to the point that I'm trading stars. I would just keep tanking in the hope that, oh, but wait, if I can get Victor Wimbayama, that changes everything. Victor Wembanyama and the Shea Gilgis Alexander, or Victor on a Houston team, with their young talent. Heck, the Lakers are 13 and 17. They're only four games ahead of the worst team in the Western Conference. Just keep losing. I know it's a gamble, but it's a gamble worth it for Victor and we all know it and so no way are you going to get anyone complaining about tanking not this year and if you are then you probably simply just do not understand what the value of Victor Wimbanyama you must not but I do and I'm all for it. Just going ahead and just, just call it a season. Uh, it's worth the gamble this year. It really is. And the best thing is if you don't blow up your team and trade your star away thinking you'll get Victor wimbanyaba, but if you keep him, then you can go into free agency saying, okay, we well, hold up. We now have, we still have that core And we can go into the off season and sign somebody else. And obviously, the draft is not just about one player, but you can still build on something. And you feel like, okay, I kept our asset, whether that is a Bradley Beal or Miles Turner, right? Or for Detroit, you know, well, maybe not Detroit to give up, you know, some of their young talent, but maybe Zach Levine or Demar Derozan, one of them gets traded from Chicago. But if you don't trade him and you get Victor Wimbanyama, right, then maybe you feel like you got something to work with. That's what I'm saying. It's worth it. It's worth it. Last thing I'm going to talk about this, worth it. The Masters. The headlines read tonight Masters won't ban live golf players. Maybe for now. Of course the PGA Tour wanted the Masters to do that. But we know that this trumped up bad publicity for Live Tour, it's fake. They're being hypocritical. But for better or for worse, Augusta National? We know good and well, they march to their own drum. No one will tell them what to do. And to hear the chairman, Fred Ridley, say that they are not going to change their policy for the tournament in April? Yeah, it's divided men's golf. There's no doubt about that. But realistically, for any player to say, hey, I'm going to go on a live tour, you would too, for those of you listening to Just for Sport. If you were guaranteed the kind of money that these golfers are guaranteed to go play on the live tour, you'd take it too. Especially if you already had a chance to play in the Masters, The PGA championship, or any of that stuff. And maybe you're, you know, either if not on the tail end of your career, or you see a chance to, you know, you can call it a money grab. But these guys aren't playing for a team, right? They go to these tournaments and they have to pay their way to an extent, they have sponsors and stuff. But there's a lot at stake. When you're playing in these tournaments on the PGA Tour and if you get if you get the opportunity to make some guaranteed money I think it's it's all right. Now, the Live Tour still has some work to do to try to make their tournament sanctioned so that they can get points to play in the Masters and other tournaments come next year, or rather 2024. But realistically, it's, it's just, I don't think it's right. And I'm glad that Augusta National said, no, we're not going to ban these players. Especially not the champions. If you won the Masters and they're saying, oh, we're going to ban you, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. We'll see how these things play out. But right now, I'm, I'm rooting for the Masters. I really am. All right, I didn't get to a couple things I wanted to. I'm going to leave it at that. Been going for a while now. Ishbia, set to buy the Suns. We'll see what happens. Correa, press conference uh, has been postponed. He was signed by the Giants, but some medical things are holding him back. We'll talk about that in the next pod. And Jalen Hurts being hurt, what does that mean for the Eagles? That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamal K. Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day right now we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the just for sport podcast all you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code j for sport and prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 dollars yep That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.